Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On, the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, and other podcasts. And this week, a very special episode. This is our 200th episode, and to mark the occasion, we're going to look back at some of our favorite moments from Crime Writers On. We'll revisit reviews from classic podcasts, games, milestones, things that made us cry with laughter and shed other kinds of tears. And we'll hear from you. Bukus and bukus. <laughs> and we'll hear from you talking about us. Joining me to get that done is true crime author and former TV journalist, the man who said making a podcast would be an awesome idea, my husband, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Kevin, do you remember how we got the idea to do this stupid podcast? You mean how I got the idea? Yes. Well, of course, like everybody, we were listening to Serial and... Wait, wait, wait. We were listening to Serial? <laughs> you were listening to Serial. And? You tried to convince me to listen to and it. And for weeks, you said... Eh. And <laughs> podcasts. And I was like a lot of people who wasn't listening to podcasts. You were stupid. You were st- <laughs> no, and then um, I think you talked to me about it enough, and I was surprised that your radio station yes. wasn't doing anything around it. Right. Because it's you know, it's got a public media tie-in and I said to you we were in the car and I said we should do a podcast and we should do it from our point of view as crime writers and it should have the word serial in the title and we should do it by Friday or we're never going to do it so Kevin why did we choose Laura and Toby to be on the show with us oh I don't know do we have to (laughs) the original idea was we were going to have a rotating panel but we had them on and they're you know they're local to us and Laura also wrote a true crime book, and I knew her uh, roughly, you know, from being a, a reporter. You know, we were kind of in the same circles. I can't say that we, you know, knew each other at all. And she knew Toby. And the three of us at one point had been on a panel at the Exeter Library together. Mm. So I just, it seemed like, you know, it was a natural thing. Uh, we started this podcast, what, about a little over five years ago, something like that? Yeah. Five and a half years ago. 200 episodes in. Do you remember what we used to sound like at the very beginning? (laughs) I don't, but uh, perhaps I should hit this button. We'll find out. If you feel comfortable weighing in on this, that you can be like in a camp right now if you've been listening to all the episodes. You know, the the Adnan is definitely innocent camp. The Adnan definitely did it camp. The Sarah Koenig, uh, I don't know, camp. Um, I'm just curious, what, what camps do you fall into? Laura, do you have an answer for that? Um, Well, I've come from the defense background, and I've kind of gone back and forth, and I think that's partly the way that Sarah's telling the story. 
I have to say, after this week, I'm I'm back into the. I think Adnan isn't guilty, but there's definitely something that he knows about the case, and I feel like he has some involvement. I'm not really sure what yet. I feel like Jay is obviously more involved, and. There's something with um, Jay's girlfriend. I feel like there's definitely a dynamic between her and Adnan that hasn't been fleshed out yet that I think plays into what might have really happened. That's very interesting. Toby, what about you? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of with Laura in that, uh, you know, you kind of go back and forth as the series progresses. And right now, you know, it just doesn't seem like it played out the way that you know, the trial made it seem like it played out so that, you know, if Adnan did have something to do with it, it didn't happen the way that, that Jay was kind of uh, intimating that it did. Right. Or intimating over and over again in different ways that it exactly. happened. Yes. Exactly. What about you, Kevin? I guess I'm leaning more towards Adnan did not do it. And th- I mean, that seems really to be what the narrative is and and where it's going. And I think that's where Sarah's whether she means to or not, that's where she's taking it. At least that's, I think, what a lot of the listeners are in it for. The story that they're hearing is a lot of doubt, and then it kind of, you know, goes back and forth, and there's some red herrings. But I think that, you know, if we're going to talk about as writers, we really have to talk about where we think the story is going to end and what would be a satisfying conclusion. And, of course, we don't know, and we're not dealing like what Toby does where he can just write a really great ending. Where Laura and I are, it's kind of like it has to have a great ending. And so I think, you know, a great ending in real life is Adnan walking out of prison. But that's probably not going to happen in the next three weeks, even if, you know, the next episode blows the lid off of it, which is what I think all the listeners want to hear. Well, we soon realized that if we wanted to keep doing our podcast, we couldn't just talk about Serial. That's when we changed the name from Crime Writers on Serial to just Crime Writers On. And since then, we've been giving you our first takes on some of the best podcasts and worst TV shows <laughs> and documentaries to come along since Serial burst onto the scene. And this week, the CBC's Missing and Murdered looks at the unusual case of a Native family looking for their sister who was taken from their home and died somewhere in the U.S. 40 years ago. And this week, we'll discuss the new chart topper about chart toppers. Disgraceland is the latest true crime podcast, but this one comes with a twist. We'll look at the very hot BBC America series, Killing Eve. And this week, we'll look at HBO's real-life disaster series, Chernobyl. We're getting cold. We'll look at the new investigative podcast from KSL, focusing on the Susan Powell case. Then we'll dig into a podcast looking to expose the story behind a Kentucky political demagogue and the tragic result that coincided with that podcast's release. Then we'll talk about the podcast Bundyville, going behind the scenes of a rancher standoff with the federal government and the story behind it. And this week, the Netflix docuseries about that time those cult members took over an Oregon town and resorted to violence to keep the community built on love. We'll talk about Wild Wild Country, We'll look at the latest from Dan Taberski of Headlong, Missing Richard Simmons, and Surviving Y2K. It's called Running From Cops, and it's right in the middle of our wheelhouse. The second thread takes place three years later and follows a pair of detectives, who both happen to be women, who realize the separate rape case they're working on may be connected. And their periods sync up. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The karma's going to be terrible on this, Kevin. (laughs) The karma is just really going to kick your ass. (laughs) 
Evan, it's funny to look back on our first takes on some of the greatest Mm -hmm. true crime content. Mm -hmm. They've become part of a canon of work, a great canon of work. The things we all recognize as the most important titles in the genre. And I like to think we had a hand in getting our audience curious about these shows. Yeah, along the way we've become tastemakers. And I think that we've had some strong reactions to things. What did you think when you saw what Kaczynski had his investigator do in basically getting a co- con- another confession from their client, Brendan Dassey? I, I can't even. It, I almost can't even talk about this. It makes me so upset. I can't. It, this guy, I, I don't even know. I don't even have words for what he did to this poor poor young man, watching this young man whose eyes throughout the entire documentary have this vacant, almost dead expression because he's just so limited. And to see an investigator who's supposed to be helping him go in and essentially act as an agent of the state. And then the part that just like threw me through the, like made me, my, my husband made me turn it off. You can see now I still can't even talk about it. It was when he, when he called the prosecutor's office and sent this poor kid over to talk to them without an attorney. And even at the end, when he started crying on the witness stand, it made me feel like he had some sort of a personal connection to Teresa's family or something that was motivating him other than his duty to represent his client. So we, we just heard Laura say that she had some affection for Robert Durst. I'll admit it. There were moments I did, too. I think he delivered the best piece of dialogue in the entire series when he is, is asked, you know, does he know why his uh, brother Doug has hired a bodyguard? And, and what does he say, Kevin? Because my brother's a pussy. <laughs> yeah, and first of all, I, I love Dirty John. I, I think it's I think it's a great podcast. That little piece at the beginning, I do feel is a little deceptive. You know, I, I think it makes the surprise at the end greater. But if I was doing it, I don't think I would have done that. Mm. But it is, it's a tough thing. Somebody told me that they think this podcast is about basically, it's a podcast about the worst parent in the entire world. Uh, who like really? This is what people are focusing I'm on? I'm telling you, I have pages and pages and pages of comments here of people either blaming Deborah or saying, this I don't like think it's fair to blame. It's like watching Star Wars and spending a lot of time talking about why the stormtroopers can't shoot anything. Well, I think that, that is not the story. But I think we are coming from a different place, right? Yeah. We actually wrote a book about a super bad relationship that went awful and wrong. Yeah. And... It's Dirty John. It's not Stupid Deborah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. But <laughs> that's also, a good slogan, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> it's a good character study in a guy by the name of Dirty John, you know, somebody who was looking for the good life. And if he really wanted the good life, all he had to do was join First Leaf to get great deals on wine and learn more about what kinds of wines he likes. Wow. There's a part of the Keepers where Jerry Koob, who was Sister Kathy's boyfriend slash priest co-worker talks about being interrogated by police when he was a suspect in her murder. And he claims in the documentary that police showed him Sister Kathy's vagina wrapped in newspaper. All right. Who wants to I, say something about that? I'll go first. I call <laughs> bullshit. I call bullshit. On like, him or on the cops? Really? On him. Are you kidding me? They they like took out her vagina, wrapped it in a bag and brought it into. I, I call bullshit on that. I, I didn't believe that when I saw it in the documentary. I thought it was fake. What do you think, Kevin? 
Yeah, I call bullshit, too. I'm not sure whether it's the cops playing the worst good cop, bad cop thing ever. Well, how would they have done that? What, like gotten an well, organ from the butcher shop or something? And like It brought in, you know, look, it makes no sense in the area. Like, why would they even have that as evidence? Well, so, it's not. It's not. I know. It's crazy. I'm just saying I wouldn't want to put my lunch in the same office lunchroom as wherever that vagina apparently was being kept cold. <laughs> what about you, Toby? What did you think of that? Because, you know, you, like me, were very intrigued by Jerry Coop as a character, but that was really, like, one very strange thing that he claimed, right? You know, actually, I I did a little research, and it, it's not that unusual. What? What? Wait, Okay, what? wait a minute. For, for cops to keep vaginas wrapped in newspaper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so another decision we need to make right now, two seconds into our S-Town review episodes, um... Right away, we learned that the podcast is actually called Shit Town. It's not that actually gr- called S Town. I was say, that's a great kick. <laughs> right off the top. Finally, when they get to that, it's had, it was almost as powerful as This is Crime Town. Welcome no, to No, it's Shit way Town. more powerful. Yeah. <laughs> this is Shit Town. And all this time, we've been calling it S Town, and that was like the, the first great reveal. Yeah. yeah. So, can we all agree that we can use the terms interchangeably in this podcast and we don't need to bleep it? Because if someone's listening to Shit Town and, and listening to us, like they're already hearing the word Shit Town, right? Yeah. All right, good. Decision made. I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> I might call it Poop Town. I don't know. <laughs> Cacaville. Poop <laughs> Town. <laughs> Poopy's Corners. <laughs> oh, that's good. That sounds right. East Turd Falls. <laughs> it sounds crazy if you don't know anything about owls. <laughs> um, but... Um, the thing that makes this theory hold water for a lot of people is that this is something that actually happens. There have been other people who have been swooped upon, attacked by owls who, you know, believe that they're picking up a, a piece of prey or whatever because, of, you know, the hair looks like an animal that they would pick up. And they've sustained serious injuries that look a whole lot like the injuries sustained by Kathleen. And, you know, the owls are on the prowl around that part of North Carolina. So, Laura... It's fully ridiculous. Why do you think it's... (laughs) I want to know why you think it's ridiculous, Toby. Because an owl attacked her and she just ended up being left in the exact same situation that a woman in Germany who they knew was when she was murdered. It's just... What do you mean the same situation? There's two people who found out... Falling on the stairs is actually a fairly common way to die, Toby. It's not that unusual to, to have somebody die by falling down the stairs. It's unusual for one person to encounter two separate people who fall in basically the same way, one by accident and one through owl attack. (laughs) That seems to me like that's some really crappy luck. Uh, I will tell you that my sources say that the cops don't think she's living in Canada. (laughs) You know, that that some teenage, that some college-age girl who wasn't smart enough to get away with buying subs with somebody else's credit card, <laughs> just started a whole new life as a secret agent in Monaco. <laughs> we uncovered some like weird uh, factoids about... Not about the actor, but about The Edwin real life Ed Kemper. Kemper, yeah. Kemper. Yeah, okay, so honest to God, while he was incarcerated, Ed Kemper took part in a program that recorded newspaper and magazine articles and books for the blind and visually impaired. Mm-hmm. And then during the 70s, this was the way that people would get stuff. And he was one of them. And he did like thousands of hours of reading 1970s novels. Yeah, he was an audio book. Time uh, magazine. Yeah, like narrator, right? Yeah, he basically, yeah, before you go to the store and get uh, audio books, like this was one way that people could get them. 
Uh, now, his performances are nothing compared to the great performances you'll find on every audiobook selection from Audible. <laughs> Audible. I know, I went there. You did go there. Uh, right there. <laughs> Audible has an unmatched... Wait, this is a real Audible ad. This right? is a real Audible ad. Oh! Has <laughs> an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, and business information providers. Wow. Like right now at Audible, somebody just got up from a desk and started running down a hallway <laughs> and is calling for a meeting. And they're like, what the f*** happened on Crime Writers On? We used to be their favorite advertiser. We were their first advertiser. They give dozens and dozens of recommendations, and now they're setting the bar so low. It's like you could listen to one of these fantastic award-winning novels with award-winning narrative performances by voice actors and professional audiobook readers. Or you could get something from a convict <laughs> reading flowers in the attic on an old cassette tape. <laughs> it's like you could read something from a statesman right, reading his biography or her memoirs. Or you could listen to the neck f***er. <laughs> 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 Read Wifey by Judy Bloom. Oh, God. In the episode before the jury episode, and that was the episode in which Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden went away for the weekend together and, you know, spent the weekend, you know, they spent that evening in the bar with his friends. And then there was that scene in the hallway of the motel where it really clearly seemed like she was waiting for him to make a move. And then he didn't make a move. And then he decided to make a move instead in the courtroom with the glove demonstration. What did you think of the way that that played out in the show? And then what did you think about, how does that tie with your memory of the whole, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit situation that happened in the real life trial? As far as their sort of almost hookup moment, I guess Christopher Darden like writes about it in his you know autobiography. But I, I thought of it as kind of sort of accentuating the fact that the two of them are kind of in it together in a way that nobody else can really understand. They're working together, but they're slightly out of step. What were you going to say, Kevin? Well, I was going to say that, you know, as far as their relationship arc, that is the climax <clears throat> of their <laughs> their arc. But then you did see how, like, in the falling action after that, you know, how difficult the relationship got. And you just have to go back and think, you know, if Chris don't get it in, the prosecution don't win. Oh, God. Oh. How about this one? I got another one. <laughs> if Marsha don't want the D, then OJ will go free. <laughs> All right. You know what that tells me? It tells me we should not go out for drinks before we record this podcast. <laughs> That's what it tells me. Kevin, what about you? There's a better journalist out there than Madeline Barron, but I don't know what her name is. Oh. There's a more impactful podcast. I just can't think of what it would be. This is an A+. plus. It's on a level all its own. It's one of the few podcasts that maximizes the medium. It's a story that fills the space and uses all and needs six to eight hours of being told to fulfill it. It's prepared immaculately. Um, you can't say they didn't do enough work on anything. So it definitely... I, I agree with Toby. It's on the Mount Rushmore. It deserves to be compared with Serial favorably, but where it veers off from Serial, it's not a mystery journal. Mm -hmm. 
it's investigative journalism and it's done extremely well. It's an A plus listen, just like the A plus night sleep I got on my Brooklyn and Sheets. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm sure Madeline. Hey, you got six people crammed into a small space, and at the end, all these people come out of this little small space. And that reminds me, it's almost Mother's Day. <laughs> and- <laughs> This Mother's Day, show her how much you appreciate every job she does with this special limited-time offer from 1-800-Flowers.com. Kevin, do you remember before we had the support of ads, great advertisers, how we would pay the bills for the electricity and the equipment and the subscriptions we have to pay for Mm -hmm. and technical services to keep the show going? Yes, it was Toby Ball's Amazon list. And for those who don't remember, we used to have a link on our website that went to Amazon.com. And the purchases people made using our link, for those purchases, we'd get a a teeny, teeny percentage. Yeah, but we also would get a printout of all the items that people bought that week. So we thought we would have Toby read them the way only Toby Ball could. Blood sugar support supplement. Advanced formula with gymnema and alpha lipoic acid. 90 capsules. 100% money-back guarantee. Honey Badger Don't Give a Shit t-shirt. Funny Parody shirt. Male Large. Asphalt. Lurway 3M Rope LED Light Strip EL Wire Cable for Festival Day, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, New Year, Birthday Party Light. Pink. Assets. Red Hot Label by Spanx. Sleek Slimmers Medium Control Slip. Canine Semen Collection Kits for Al. Pack of 12 kits. Verback CET Poultry Toothpaste. In our list of Amazon items that Toby read last week, one of them was this, and I quote, Canine Semen Collection Kits (laughs) for Al. Now, for Al. <laughs> now, I suspected when I heard Toby had said Al that it was actually AI, and I sent Toby a note, and he's like, a- yeah. "AI what? AI like artificial insemination?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a story about that. No, and, I don't want to hear your story about artificial insemination <laughs> with dogs. And, no, and, but it was horses, and I got out of the class. I actually opted out of the artificial insemination class. <laughs> They had to get up at 6 a.m. That was the reason you didn't do it? Because it was too early in the morning? You would have artificially inseminated horses if it was on your lunch hour. (laughs) (laughs) Today I got an email, and I'm going to read it to you now, from Rachel. Hey, team. First, I really enjoy the podcast. I want to point out that because of the font Amazon uses... The capital I often appears as a lowercase l, as in canine semen collection kits for Al, uh. when it actually is canine semen collection kits for AI, artificial insemination. I'm the one who bought the product through the link, <laughs> <laughs> hoping you would say it, so thank you. I believe it might not have oh, been no. the weirdest item you read on that episode. Poultry toothpaste? Surely it must be poultry flavored toothpaste. <laughs> Tell me she doesn't have a dog named Miggs. No, she does not. No, she does not. And that is disgusting and clever at the same time. Everyone knows that reference, right? 
No. That's a Silence of the Lambs reference. Then. It's okay. Oh, yes. Look it up on the internet. Don't look it up on the internet. Put the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's move on. Lego City Prison Island. <laughs> 60130. Who would want the child to have that? Lego Rikers. Lego way. Do the little Lego guys like have a little shiv? This message is for Toby. Toby, my name is Molly, and I'm a huge fan of the Crime Writers podcast. So you can only imagine my excitement when one of my Amazon items was on your list last week. But I'm afraid you had some confusion about it, and I wanted to call and clear it up. My item was the Bell Fantasy Bamboo Bra. And probably to your disappointment, the bra is not made of bamboo. The color is called bamboo. Now, bamboo is a little bit of a like shiny nude beige color. Really not that exciting. Anyway, I figured it was a little tiny mystery that maybe I could solve for the crime writers. Keep up the good work. I love you guys. Newer. Six feet, 183 centimeter Portable indoor outdoor photo studio pop up changing dressing fitting tent room with carrying case. Betty Dane Fashionista collection mold resistant lined shower cap diva. A shower cap? But it's mold resistant. It's mold resistant. <laughs> How well could you possibly be wearing it that you'd have to worry about mold? <laughs> well, you know, you we're in New it. England. People are cheap here. They wear it forever. It's true. You should see our shower curtain liner right now. It's like a science experiment. But if so you're to a keep from having to wash your hair, you'd put on a moldy rubber hat. <laughs> It's mold resistant. <laughs> it doesn't sound like something a fashionista would wear either. No, it does not. Eight ton snatch block by vault. <laughs> Double the capacity of your winch and recover vehicles with ease. Rugged oh. pulley system to pair with shackles and tree S. <laughs> Eight ton snatch block. That could be for should, the ladies too. It's for all the snow we're getting up here. So you Kevin, don't have to wait for the tow truck. Kevin, double the capacity of your winch. <laughs> you talking about my wife? You're, Andrew, you're for a fight. You're double no. my double winch. the capacity of your winch. All right. Um, for this one, if if Rebecca's parents can just do the earmuffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lubricant launcher. <laughs> set of three anal or vaginal personal lube applicator syringes. Red. Red, red. <laughs> Why does it have to launch? It, it, it does. It comes. It comes in several, f- several colors. You were about this, to this say several red. flavors. <laughs> That's a different lubricant. Why product. would you need to? Why would you need to launch that? I, I'm not. It's, it's unclear to me. <laughs> Somebody's across the room, and you I, just, I need I, another I drink. I did not. I didn't. I didn't Google this to find out any more information. But I have some very sad news to report at the start of this podcast. Oh, no. Uh, Amazon has shut down our affiliates account, which means we no longer have an Amazon link on our website for our listeners to buy stuff where a little tiny piece of their purchase goes to support this podcast. Wow. Yeah. So we got an email saying that we had... um, somehow violated the terms of service by asking our listeners to support the podcast by using the link, something that would, by the way, that like hundreds of other podcasts do the same thing. Maybe we're just the first of hundreds of podcasts about to be slayed. I don't know. But I guess our listeners were supposed to just randomly stumble upon our Amazon link and use it. Um, And the email from Amazon said that their decision was immediate and it was non-appealable. 
and they, I couldn't even respond to the email that they sent me <laughs> about this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They are Amazon taking over the world, taking names and kicking off podcasts. So, uh, wow. It doesn't make any sense to me, but. Yeah, but Toby, this was your thing, man. Yeah. Like, we got to think of a well, new thing for you to do now. We'll put out a greatest hits album. And- <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Crime Writers on. Happy 200th episode. This is Aaliyah from Pennsylvania. I wanted to call and leave a message and congratulate you and thank you for the 199 amazing episodes. Without you, I wouldn't have discovered some of my favorite podcasts and now friends and laughs that you continue to give us every week. And uh, I hope uh, to be here for 200 more. Keep up the great work. Congratulations. Bye. Hello, crime writers. Um, This is Jenny in Indiana. Um, I've told you all the time that I love your podcast and that I listen to it a lot, but I thought I would leave a message. I wanted to share my breakdown of my connections of who I see myself as in the crime writer era of people. I tend to agree with uh, Rebecca on a lot of things, but... I also agree with Toby a lot of times, so I'm usually kind of in between one of them. Uh, I share Laura's obsession with cats, and I have Kevin's inappropriate sense of humor um, and say inappropriate things all the time. So I think I have a little piece of each crime writer in me. Hi, this is Labria Bass from Washington, D.C. I am calling to express my love for this podcast. It's one of the oldest podcasts I've been listening to for the longest time. I think you guys do a really good job of transparency and you guys just have something that other podcasts that are trying to do different like analysis of things just don't know how to do yet or don't do it well. I also love Flat Toby. It's great. Just keep being you, Laura Brickers, always, and I'm saying her name wrong, always a light, and she's so funny, and, but yeah, thank you for doing what you do, and happy five years, and 200 episodes. Hi, Crime Writers, this is Katie, I'm calling from Brooklyn. I have been with you all since the beginning, because whenever Serial came out, I was desperate for more content and to hear more people talk about it because no one would talk about it with me anymore and I just wanted to call and say that I think about the time that at the end of the show whenever everyone was telling their handles Kevin said you can find me at Kevin Peen Flynn and he was making a callback about a joke earlier in the show and I think about that probably once a week and laugh to myself so Thank you all for bringing me joy and all of the best recommendations out there. Bye. Rebecca, I think along the way we've been experimenting with what an informative and entertaining podcast should sound like. Yes. And to me, that meant bringing not just our voices, but hearing from those who did the work and put some of these podcasts together. Hey, I'm Amber Hunt. I'm a journalist who hosts the Accused podcast. 
And I'm Amanda Rossman, and I produced The Accused Podcast. My name is Dan Tabersky, and I am uh, the creator and host and co-producer of Missing Richard Simmons. So my name is Madeline Barron, and I'm an investigative reporter at American Public Media, and I'm the lead reporter and host of a new investigative podcast called In the Dark. Because there's no police department that has that equipment. There's nobody that, I mean, they turn around, they get these DNA samples, and they get them back that day, you know? <laughs> it's like, no, it takes six weeks. I always, <laughs> you know? I, I always think um, when I look at those rooms, like, there's a lot of wasted space. <laughs> You yeah. know, it's big. It's like in a real police department, there'd be another, there'd be all boxes there or something like that. Hi, I'm Rabia Chaudhary, and I am one of the three hosts of the podcast Undisclosed. And I am the author of the book Adnan Story, which was about Adnan Sayed and, and the case that was the center of the serial podcast a couple years ago. And Alfred Plea originates from a 1963 fatal shooting in a bar in North Carolina. Alfred was accused of fatally shooting another man. And at his plea hearing, he maintained his innocence despite the fact that the prosecution had three witnesses testifying against him. It seemed that the army tried to put a gag order on everybody about discussing it. So I think even those people, some of the people that are retired, are a little bit leery about what they can talk about. I was in the Marine Corps, so the army has no (laughs) – can't constrain me. Hey, crime writers. Patrick Hines here. Okay, So you guys know that I'm completely obsessed with all of you, right? Like, you really need to get restraining orders, each of you. (laughs) And look, you're the first family of true crime podcasts, literal podcast royalty. But you guys, we need to have an uncomfortable conversation about thumbs sideways. Mm. I mean, what the f*** is that? Here's the thing. We need you to tell us that is a garbage podcast. <laughs> really, we're supposed to listen to a guy crawl around under a house for two hours, but that we really do need to listen to the accused. Or that <laughs> is the worst f-ing podcast host in history, but that Dan Taberski really knows how to tell a story, so we need to listen to Missing Richard Simmons. You guys are our North Star. We Aww. look to you for guidance and wisdom. I also need Kevin to say there's no there there more often, but that's another conversation for another time. So hashtag get rid of thumb sideways, please. These are uncertain times, you guys. We need you to be strong for all of us. Rebecca girl, call me. Let's be best friends. My name is Payne Lindsay, and I'm a documentary filmmaker from Atlanta, and I currently host and produce an investigative podcast called Up and Vanished. Now, Payne, you say in the first episode of the podcast exactly how it is that you started doing that. You sort of, I don't want to say take away all your own credibility, (laughs) but you basically say, like, I'm not an investigator. I've never done this before. I was just Googling cases and I found this one and it seemed interesting. And then I was sort of sucked into it. I'm curious to know why you set it up that way. I mean, you do have filmmaking experience. Ostensibly, you have done projects before, but why distance yourself from somebody who knows what they're doing right at the outset of the podcast. I guess initially I said that because I didn't want to seem like I was just posing as an investigative journalist when I'm not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I kind of wanted to be open about it and truthful in the beginning and kind of show that, you know, I didn't even know if I could do this. So, you know, that was one reason that I chose to say that. And I I put some thought into whether or not I should approach it that way. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to be open about this thing and just tell them that, hey, I'm not an investigator and I'm not a podcaster. And, you know, I think people out there that can relate to that, I think. Is there a reason why we stopped inviting podcasters onto our show? (laughs) 
right before providing an honest review about the content they were making. <laughs> well, Kevin, there might just have been a turning point. The podcast is called Someone Knows Something. Uh, it's a CBC original true crime production. Toby, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Is David Ridgen's writing, the way he writes for himself in the show, it's very different from what we hear in other podcasts. What do you think of his style and his, of the writing of his narration and the way he sort of draws listeners through the story, Toby? But sometimes the writing does get a little, I don't know, fancy for want of a better word. That doesn't really bother me very much, but I don't think that's the strength of the podcast. Kevin's literally raising his hand to talk right now. He's dying to say I, something. Yeah, I, I agree with Toby, only stronger. You know, when I said that his writing is literary, those things like belong in a book because they cannot be said aloud. That is not the way people speak. And that's his voice there really is for a book and it's not for radio slash audio it's slash not for podcast. You. It's not for anybody. People don't no no, people don't speak like that. Right. And it happens. And this is what Toby's talking about. Every time he introduces us to somebody, it sounds like this. Toby Ball walks into the room. He has salt and pepper hair, mostly salt. He looks like someone who was rejected from his junior high basketball team and is still holding a grudge. It's always that kind of shit. Right, Toby? Did I just put... (laughs) Isn't it that? What are you saying about Toby? He's so mean. (laughs) Toby, were you rejected? No, I I, I was just using Toby as an example, obviously. (laughs) But it's always something like that. It's about how... There was the thing about how the dog was like... looked like he was trying to touch something with his tongue. It borders on (laughs) self-parody. It really is. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think Kevin's doing a better job of describing it than I was. Although I think I, I don't feel quite as strong as yeah, Kevin does. Really but, I, but 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 you're doing you're doing a better job of pointing out what the issue is. It, it also is more jarring when you go from something thoughtful and flowery like that to the actual interview part, which is so slow and pedantic and and I can't even hear what they're saying they're mixing it so low maybe I'm the outlier but I really do not like this podcast wow and I was the one you know 6 months ago who said I like this guy the season 1 is the wrong thing I'm looking forward to season 2 right and we got into it in 9 minutes into episode 1 he finally meets Odette and he says well I'll just record you making the coffee and I thought to myself, Jesus fucking Christ, here we go again. <laughs> and it's, and that's what it is. And it's a lot of pedantic talking. It's too Laura, I listen to this now at twice the speed and it is still too slow. <laughs> wow. You ready, Kevin? If you see a faded sign at the side of the road that says 15 miles to the... Love Shack! Love Shack, yeah, yeah. I'm heading down the Atlanta Highway Looking for the It's big as a whale and we're heading on down to the love shack. I got me a Chrysler, it seats about 20, so hurry up and bring your jukebox money. 
So, what I think I'm hearing is that Crime Writers On isn't just about our reviews and our critical analysis, but that people really like being with us and hearing about the things that we've been doing. And we are, in fact, always up to something. Baby Love Shack! Okay. So my husband and I went to our first official Parrot Head Club meeting mm-hmm. a few oh, weeks ago. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So we went. But the thing is, you get to pick a nickname. Oh God. Oh, it's like roller derby. Yeah. So but, okay. like I need a nickname and I have no idea. I'm like, I'm just Laura. I don't know. Brixie, that's what Toby calls me. Yes, so- Brixie. If anyone has an idea for a nickname for me for the Parrot Head Club, I would be much obliged. I know who to call on. The Bricker Babes. They need to, they need oh, to come up with a nickname for Bricker you. Bricker Babes, step up to the plate. Yes, I have the muskrat in our local river under surveillance. Yeah, so I woke up last Wednesday morning. I rolled over. I'm like, God, something's on my stomach. And I was like, oh, it's a tick. You know, I have some moose meat in my freezer that I'm totally freaked out by. So I'm thinking of taking that. Somebody gave it to us. I'm like, hey, I can pawn this off on the chili fest. <laughs> that Are you going to throw something you're freaked out into some pot for the public? Yeah, they'll eat it. That is the most, that's like the most New Hampshire thing that's ever happened on this podcast. I happen to have some moose meat. I just happen to have some moose meat in my freezer. I didn't know what to do with it, so I'm going to give it to the public. Well, I have uh, to Laura, so I how did that chili cook off with the moose go? Well, I wasn't able to pass off the moose. And, oh. uh, I know, I know. Well, apparently my husband was like, no, no, it has to be like USDA stamped or something to go into oh. the chili cook off. Oh. To feed to the, the public. That's probably yeah. like. Giving them tainted meat would have <laughs> that would have been a real story. So we did not win. There was some shenanigans going on though. Um, what people? Ne- yeah, there was. So the police officers next to us ran out of chili, uh-huh. and they were putting like Hormel chili in a can in their pot, and what? then somehow they won. And then um, somebody made the mistake of letting me have like the fire department megaphone. So oh no, that- did you call them out? Sweet. No, I made up little slogans trying to sell our chili, like you know. Our ladies are hot, but so is our chili and things like that. Nice. That's really, really clever, Laura. Very clever. It was very, <laughs> it's very clever, you know. And I look up and Sarah Koenig is standing like 12 feet from where I'm standing. Oh. And she's standing by herself. Oh. <laughs> and, Counts. Well, here's the thing. I hate approaching celebrities, but I knew in that moment that Kevin P. Flynn would freaking murder me if I didn't just go and try to talk to Sarah Koenig. So I walked up to her and I introduced myself. I led with, I'm Rebecca Lavoie. Um, you might know me because I actually have a podcast about your podcast. And a lot of our listeners who've been to your live events have sent me a photo on Twitter of the screen on which you show the uh, screenshots of all the other podcasts that spun off of your show. My show is one of those. It's called Crime Writers On. It used to be Crime Writers On Serial. And she's lovely. And she looks at me and she's being super polite. And she says, oh, are you the one with the typewriter? (laughs) (laughs) Kevin has a confession. I do. Yes, he once called a girl when he was in high school <laughs> and Whoa. played the song. Where's this coming from? <laughs> oh, this is good. I think it was it was junior Keep high. Going. It was I think it was eighth grade. Would you like, would you like to tell the story? Because it was you, not me, that happened. It was a girl. Yeah. And thank God nobody from school listens to this podcast because I don't tell anybody <laughs> about it. <clears throat> there was this girl, and we'll just call her K. 
And Kay. <laughs> Was your name Maura Murray? Not Kathy. It was Kathy, not Kathy. And so I didn't have the courage to like ask her out or anything. So I looked up her telephone number in the telephone book, which was this big book, kids, that we would get delivered to our house for free. For free. And it had a white pages section and a yellow pages section. And I looked up her number and I called. And when she picked up, she said, you know, she said, this is Kay. And I took the handset from the telephone and I put it down on my tape recorder and I started to play Hello by Lionel Richie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a move. It's a move. Which is, by the way, when you're doing that, a really long song. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know if the and, person's hung up or not. Yeah. I was like, do I, do I like wait for the whole chorus to go through? Another verse? The intro is really long. Oh, no, you just got to go right to the... Oh, so you had it queued up? You had it queued up to the first lyric, yeah. Good, good. Um, Yeah, and she had hung up by the time I... <laughs> just, wow. Yeah. When you said I put it down, I wasn't necessarily expecting Lionel Richie to be the next. All I have to say is, ladies in podcast audience land, back off. I know. He's all mine. All over the world, people just went sploosh. No, they did not. No, they did not. Now, Toby Ball, he understands that he caused an international incident. And now he is stepping up to take responsibility. And he offers this mea culpa. So I'm going to read a prepared statement and then not take any questions. (laughs) I would like to apologize to the people of Ireland for mistakenly referring to Father Ted as a quote unquote British show. I was carried away with my enthusiasm for Father Ted and Father Dougal and the rest of the gang's antics and spoke without thinking. (laughs) Moreover, my geographical ignorance was exposed (laughs) when I stated that Craggy Island was off the coast of Britain when anyone who can read a map will see that it is off the western coast of Ireland. (laughs) In penance, I am willing to entertain suggestions for some kind of Irish cultural experience to undertake. (laughs) Though not Finnegan's Wake, there are some limits. So tweet at me, and I will see what I can do to get back in your good graces. In the meantime, those of you who are listening right as this episode drops, know that I am at this very minute at a Dropkick Murphys concert. They are Irish-American, but it is a first step. I have a special anniversary card for you. Oh, boy. I'm so glad I'm here oh to see this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Read it. Oh, you right. tell Toby, Toby, because you're on Skype, um, Kevin gave me a card with a picture of Brandon Dassey on it. Oh, and no. when you open it, <laughs> question, what do you say in the card, Brandon? Answer, happy birthday. Question, no, try again. Answer, Merry Christmas. Question, no. Answer, happy new year. Question, no. Answer, happy Kwanzaa. Question, nope. Answer, happy Mother's Day. Question, what do you write in a card? Answer, with deepest sympathies. Question, come on, try harder. Answer, (laughs) Feliz Navidad. Question, what do you say to people who have been married for a long time, Brandon? Answer, congratulations. Question, no. Answer, bon voyage. Question, I'm just going to say it. What do you say to people on their wedding anniversary? Answer, happy anniversary. Good job, Brandon. Now let's book him. (laughs) Oh, sweetheart, this is so romantic. And thoughtful. Oh, that's lovely. I hope you frame it. You mean like him? The reviews are in. 
and critics around the globe are universally praising our investigative prowess. We recently received a glowing review from the popular podcast, Crime Writers Off. Take a listen. Welcome to Crime Writers Off, the show where we talk about what's new in the true crime world whenever we have time off from professionally writing about crime. We're live every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 24 hours a day, and have been for the past six years. Now today, we're talking about a new podcast, Done Disappeared. What do you think about this podcast, Stephen? You want to know what I think, Vanessa? I'll tell you what I think. I think Audible is a great service where you can get an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, comedy, and also the Brooklyn and Sheets are the finest. What the hell is going on with Stampy the Cat? Well, Stampy the Cat's had a rough run of it the last month or so. So um, this morning, he's laying on the bed and my son's like, something's wrong with Stampy's eye. So off to the vet we go, and it was one of those situations where the vet says, you might want to just leave him here for the day. So I go back to pick him up, and I'm like, so so what is it? And the vet's like, well, I haven't seen this in a very long time, but I think oh, it's so- chlamydia. What? <laughs> <laughs> is Sam even hanging out in the dorms at UNH or something? Well, all I can say is my husband and I were away for four days last weekend, and Stampy was inside by himself for four days. I don't know what the hell happened here, but... Clearly something went down in my house. Wasn't inside by himself. Well, he was with (laughs) Zelda. I mean, you know. Oh, but did you get Zelda checked? Well, I haven't yet, but she hisses at him every time he goes near her. So I I don't know what's been going on here. Get your stanky VD away from me. So, yeah, rough day for Stampy. Cats get chlamydia. Apparently they do in their eye. In their eye. They are so doing it wrong. (laughs) That is not how I got chlamydia. Tell us a little bit about your cats first. We don't really know about your cats. We know about Stampy, right? Yeah. yeah. So what well, are your cats' the, names, Toby? Well, you just have to keep in mind the age of my children when they were named. <laughs> um, so one of them is Hunter, and he's kind of a fat orange male cat uh-huh. who lies around the house and occasionally attacks his sister. And then the other one is called Littlefoot. She's very fluffy and weighs just about nothing, and she is a killing machine. <laughs> she just goes out and she just she just kills, and you know she's she's like she's probably twice the size of a squirrel, and she just she kills squirrels. You know, oh. it's like it's like watching a lion take down an antelope like, on scale. And uh, so I think it's it's it's. That's like her. <laughs> Damn funniest thing ever. That that Australia is concerned about. Right, right. <laughs> because if you let her loose a bunch of duck billed platypus. Right, right. There go the quokas. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I've never had Miracle Whip. Mm. I've never tried it. Mm. I'm going to get it. Mm. I'm going to get one of the small jars. And of course, it was on the big jar was on sale for the same price as the small jar. And I'm like, I'm not stupid. So I got You're the like, big what jar. What if I love it? What if I love it? Then I'm already. Why not get a whole lot of shit instead of just a little bit of shit? I can throw out a little bit as much as I can throw out a whole lot. So, well, Kevin, so I've never had it. Uh, we are about to change that. Okay. Because down here in the studio, we have a little oh tiny God. half sandwich uh-huh. on which you have slathered. Did you slather? Or did you just put like a? I tiny got on both sides. Look at it. on that side and that side. It's starting to seep in though. This is wow. This is we're really branching out. You ready? Yeah, okay. This so is some the, compelling audio right try, here. Try the so try it's, kind of, it's kind of tangy. For the first time. Yep. All right. Ready? Give it a shot. All right. Oh, that's a big bite. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
So, Toby, as a Nancy Grace neophyte, let me hear a little bit more about what you think about that uh, that program. Well, you know, I they talk about you know like newscasters and stuff like are people comfortable inviting them into your living room at night? And I never like quite understood what that was all about until I saw her and I was just like, what the hell? It'd just be awful to have her like physically present right here. So uh, it, it's crazy. Can you imagine being the person who works at Microsoft, this like multinational, multi-billion dollar corporation that has mm. all these like enterprise products and all this stuff. And it's like, what team do you work on? I work on the Hotmail team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm hoping to work my way up <laughs> to Clippy. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my God. 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 Ah, you can't record the show like that. What's wrong? <laughs> oh, no. Is Kevin stripping? Yeah. I'm just going to say this. Have you ever seen Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> nice sweater no pants oh dear get that 4G get that 4G camera going oh, yeah, turn the camera on <laughs> then you'll get then you'll get some questions you'll get some interaction What's, why are you laughing so hard <laughs> let me just put it this way um, I've been sitting like this for five minutes you know okay so without getting too graphic <laughs> Please usually, don't. usually when you see it. the <laughs> those, <laughs> they're hanging down. <laughs> they're not propped up on a pillow. They're not sitting. Oh they're not sitting ah. on a chair. Resting comfortably. <laughs> Resting comfortably. And it's just a whole different perspective. That oh my god, I can't even. Where, need to, where are you sitting exactly? He's sitting on the. Such... He's sitting on the stool in the studio, and I looked over at him, and I'm like, oh, I saw him take off his jeans, and sometimes he'll sit there in his boxer shorts where we record. So he took off his jeans, and we were just chatting, and I looked down, and there's nothing there except those. <laughs> I thought the Clippy was going to be the highlight. Oh, God. It might I be. I know. You were reacting quite strongly to the Clippy comment. It was very, because the Clippy joke was a very good. How did you make that joke while you were sitting there with nothing on your Wait, he's got no underwear on? Wait he a minute. He took what? off his yeah, underwear. He was hanging I... brain. <laughs> he's sitting on the stool in our studio with his, and just sitting on the stool with him. Oh, it looks like a whole separate person. How did you not get that he wasn't wearing any underwear, Laura? Because well, I was thinking that maybe he was wearing like boxer shorts and he was sitting in a weird position. No, nope, it's just or all out. Winnie the Pooh does not wear boxer shorts. <laughs> it's, it's all out. Although Winnie the Pooh does not have genitalia either. He does have hair down there, though. He does have hair. Oh, dear God. Well, it's not all fun and games. No. No, sometimes it's all games. <laughs> um, I'm not going to play any of the music, but I do want to play a little Name That Tune style game called Is This Song Title Real Payne Lindsay Song or Not a Payne Lindsay Song? <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm going to just go around Robin style. Okay, ready, Kevin? Yeah. Uh, song title My Life is Amazing. Real or fake? <laughs> Well, I, I, that sounds like Payne Lindsay. It's so real, yes. real, yeah. Toby, uh, the beer pong anthem, real or fake? Absolutely real. Totally real. <laughs> uh, Laura Bricker, drunk as shit, real or fake? I'm going to go with real. Real. Kevin Flynn, want to play flip cup, real or fake? 
Real. <laughs> real. Toby's so, oh my God. I'm so, I'm so wow. Real. Oh, God. Toby, parentheses, your clothes, and parentheses, all over the floor. Real or fake? <laughs> you know, I just hope that's real. It's real. Uh, Laura, drunk on a Tuesday, real or fake? I'm going to say fake, but it's probably real. It's real. Kevin, spring break anthem, real or fake? Fake. <laughs> uh, Toby, party animal, real Wait, or fake? You didn't tell me. Oh, no, it's real. Uh, oh, Toby, Jesus. party animal. I'm just going to blindly say it's real. I don't even care what you say. And finally, Laura Bricker, <laughs> uh, party we don't want to work, real or fake? Is there any punctuation in that? No. Party we don't want to work. <laughs> Dumb title. Um, I'm going to say it's real. And just finally, there's also a song title called... Um, Pre-gaming, which I don't think uh, I mentioned in that list, but all those song titles are real. Uh, I want to play a game with my fellow panelists called Crime Writers Against Humanity. Any of you who've played Cards Against Humanity at home might be familiar with the premise of this game, but Kevin, uh, can you call up our lucky volunteer who's going to be helping us out with it? Leslie's going to help us out. Yes. Leslie, come on up. I've never played it, Kevin. I've played apples to apples. I've never played that. That's what this is. So the point of this game is that we'll all get a prompt a podcast-related prompt sentence with a blank in it or have to answer it. And on all of these cards are pre-written answers that are weird and filthy and slightly racist. Oh, my God. And we're, yeah. oh. <laughs> I'm not saying this out loud. You don't have to. Wow, Kevin, so, you really didn't curate these cards. <laughs> I am not saying some of this shit on my you own podcast. No. This week's Cat of the Week is a little tabby named Blank. This week's Cat of the Week is a little tabby named... Oh, Grandpa's Ashes. <laughs> oh, a little tabby. <laughs> Called the Asshole Destroyer 3000. <laughs> little tabby named Politics. And a little tabby named Yo Stanky Ass. <laughs> what has Laura rage walking today? Right, Laura is rage walking. <clears throat> oh, y'all. <laughs> That's why we picked you. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> what has Laura rage walking today? A concerning amount of white people. <laughs> this boring ass white bitch from work. Turning poor people against each other so they don't pay attention to economic inequality. <laughs> and the South rising again. Oh. What does it smell like inside Studio C? Oh, no. Wow, Kevin, you did great on these. Oh, that one's good too. What does it smell like inside Studio C? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't take this oh, game. No. Leslie, you are, you are very good at this. No. Haven't you done this yes. like at a cocktail party? No, I've never played I've this never in played my this life. Either. Oh, we'll get you this for oh, Christmas. Oh, this is great. Laura, we should have done this last night. Okay. <clears throat> what does it smell like inside Studio C? Oral. <laughs> uh, a little taste of penis. Just a good little. Good God, y'all. Just a little. My secret butt. <laughs> or... The primal ball slapping sex your parents are having right now. <laughs> That's probably the winner, right? Yeah. Don't we think? Yeah. yeah. What does Toby dream about at night? Oh, God. Interrupting women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
the end of all life on earth. <laughs> oh, tiny sour kisses from a lemon dwarf. <laughs> or a vagina that beatboxes when it's horny. <laughs> In Crime of the Week, dun, dun, a Florida woman is accused of blank. Hmm. In Crime of the Week, a Florida woman is accused of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> She's accused of foul vegan shits. <laughs> oh my God. A Florida woman is accused of twirling a cane, popping it into my anus, and giving a tip of the top hat. <laughs> <laughs> a Florida woman is accused of throwing a man by his big penis. Oh. Twirling the cane, right? Yes. Yay! This is Merritt Fowler in Lexington, Kentucky. Happy anniversary, crime writers. And it seemed like a great opportunity for me to be able to say how much I love and value this show. Like everybody else, I've gotten all of my podcast recommendations and some of my favorite book recommendations from the show. But the real value is from the four of y'all and the friendship in my life. I've got three teenage daughters, and the show has really helped me connect with them. As parents of teenagers, you know how wonderful that is, and it's sometimes really hard to come by. My oldest daughter and I play cards and listen to your show. And it gives us a frame of reference for pop culture, and it helps her develop her social justice passions. It's not really about even what you say all the time. It's just a lot about how you say it and being able to relate to you as parents and spouses and friends. So keep up the great work. Hey, crime writers. Happy 200 episodes. My name is Carrie, and I have been listening from the very beginning. I remember when you guys didn't uh when you took a break from your original episodes and there was months and months where i didn't know if you were going to come back and i have listened to every single episode over the years and sometimes i wonder why i continue to listen because i'm not really your target audience i'm a millennial so when you say gotta get on facebook and talk to us i don't even have facebook that's what my parents use i'm also a christian pastor and so rebecca the way you speak about christians makes me so mad but I continue to come back because there's no other place that I can listen to people talk thoughtfully and intellectually and even playfully about issues that are really important and that matter. And so happy 200 episodes. I will continue to listen for the next 200. Hey, Crime Writers On. My name is Kim, and I currently live in East Hampton, New York. I've loved you guys since the beginning when I listened to Serial and promptly afterwards searched uh, iTunes for anything and everything relating to cereal. And uh, I just love you guys. I love all of you. I, it's like listening to a bunch of my friends. And uh, I think just what you guys are doing, your great news is great. Happy 200th episode. And keep it coming. This is Tara Isaacson. I'm a, a criminal defense attorney in Salt Lake City, Utah. You've turned me on to so many great um, shows and things I never would have found. And uh, I, you've helped me to listen and uh, think about things in a different way and more critically. Super awesome. And my favorite uh, crime writer used to be Toby until he disrespected Dolly Parton. And now he's pretty much dead to me. So I would say Rebecca's my favorite. Boy, those were fun, but over the past 200 episodes, 
we have had some ups and downs. Yes, uh, like the time that Lara's wonderful cat Stampy died after eating a lily. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we had to put our beloved dog, Brady, down. Yeah, and there were other times that things hit closer to home. We just want to share with you guys now, Kevin, uh, yeah. we're springing this on you. Okay, well, as you know, I had surgery for uh, thyroid cancer um, last month, and I still have cancer, and I need a um, another surgery. Uh, which will be in uh, about two weeks. And um, it's not the path we thought we'd be taking, um, but that's where we're going. It's been, you know, hard having to explain this to my children and um, my wife and my parents, but I've had such incredible support from our Listeners, um, it's surprising how many of them have had something similar, especially thyroid cancer. Mm. And they've been really great about sharing their stories with me. And uh, although I know um, that this is uh, the prognosis is, is excellent, you know, just every time we thought it was one thing, it end up being yeah. something else and yeah. the people who do this every day kept getting fooled and so yeah. I mean uh, it sucks yeah Briefly regale us, how was your time in the hospital in the lead-lined room getting your radiation? Did you survive it okay? I obviously did. It was uh it was good. I mean, I'll get a body scan in a couple of days, so I'll know definitively if everything worked and where things are. But yeah, I took my uh, my radioactive iodine pill and uh, stayed in the hospital for two days. And it's really weird because usually, like when you're in the hospital, you can't get out of bed. That's why you're in the hospital. So to have like you know a whole room to yourself and you're kind of walking around and getting cold food and. Uh, the nurses are coming to take your vitals, but you they're all bound up. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I, loved it. I loved being able to check out. But I want to thank everybody who, uh, you know, who sent me well wishes, and uh, it was. It's been quite the journey, and hopefully, we're going to be near the end. Low double digits. Oh I'm my sorry. god! What, what happened? happened? I was just using the weed whacker, and I disturbed a ground nest, <gasps> and uh, you know, looked down, and there was a whole bunch on me. And it's one of those: do you knock them off, or do you run? And I started to knock them off and then saw how many were coming out. So I ran. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I was. It was sort of that crouch run where you're trying to knock them off, but at the same time also run and not fall. And who knows how many cars were driving by while I was doing this. Sexy dad run Um, is what it was. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. (laughs) But yeah, so I got stung stung a bunch of times. Wow. Yeah, they do sound worse than cancer. It is somewhere somewhere in between cancer and broken bones. Oh, my God. (laughs) But anyway, I'm so happy that you're doing better just in time. Thanks. I mean, I'm not doing as poorly as Toby, but... Yes, with his bee stings. (laughs) (laughs) But you're just in time to take care of me in my hour. Look, I'm 100% serious. I would much rather have to go through thyroid cancer than get stung by a bunch of bees. You know that is my... 
worst fear. It's true. You're very scared of bees. I'm I'm so proud of Toby Ball. He's so strong. <laughs> <laughs> What's the color ribbon for bee stings? I don't He's care. not that strong now. I could take it's, him. And I can't even run and, and I could take stripes. Toby right now. It's yellow. It's yellow belly yellow. <laughs> should, we, should we organize a 5K for survivors of bee stings? Jesus. <laughs> bee sting awareness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Hey, there are people walking around with EpiPen saying, that's not fucking funny, Rebecca. <laughs> But you know what really got us through all those tough times? It was it was the listeners of this show. They always reach out to us by email, on social media, and they've always been there for us. Probably never so much, though, Kevin, as when we really needed them to come through. You mean the time that we went from zeros to heroes? <laughs> Discover Pods, the podcast news and blog site, has put out a podcast madness bracket and we are in it. We, we ma- are in a podcast bracket, guys. We made the tourney. We made the tourney. But um, Kevin and I have a dream, uh, a tourney dream, um, and that is just to get out of round one. <laughs> we just want to advance one round. <laughs> we don't Come think on. we're going to advance past one round. It's it's highly we're, unlikely. We're in a very competitive uh, bracket. And we are up against it's uh, Crime Writers On versus True Crime Garage. Mm. So, you Those know. Those guys are good. It's nothing against them, but. We really still want to advance. We're not making it past okay. the next okay. round. We've convinced but. people. Now, what, do we, what no. are they going to do? Let's be optimistic. I'm optimistic. We can beat this American life in the daily. No problem. Uh, <laughs> and we said we had one goal, which was to make it past round one. And yes. we were paired against True Crime Garage in round one. And we did it, guys. We went on. Yes. We have Woo. advanced. So we are now, unfortunately, Man. up against Crime Town. Are we up against Crime Town? Oh. Yeah. It was good while it lasted. It was good while it lasted. It was very good while it lasted. Not only did we advance past round two of the Discover Pods podcast madness bracket, Crime Town. We beat Crime Town, which we thought we had no chance of beating. Right. And then we were up against Criminal. Which we were we like, definitely had no chance. And we beat Criminal, and we are now in the Elite Eight. Can you, yes. So right now the challenge is we have to beat S-Town. <laughs> I can't believe you're saying that. If we have to beat S-Town. I think, I think if we beat S-Town, we could win this whole damn thing. We not only beat, but washed the floor with S-Town, <laughs> the, great, the greatest podcast produced in the last three years. Toby, did you see the results? I, yeah, I did. <laughs> it was, what was it, Rebecca? 83% to 17%, roughly rounded. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. I feel as though S-Town didn't get the word out as effectively <laughs> as we did. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like I'm Aquaman. You do? Because it's like, it just like summon fish, <laughs> point them in a direction. And it's like, hey, guys, we need you to do this. So we had like thousands of people like, uh, you know, emailing and yep. voting for us. Yep. So, Well, um, this week we are up against Wine and Crime. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be totally honest. I've never listened to Wine and Crime. But this is the point where we get knocked out probably, right? Like maybe? I don't know. Uh, I, I want to say I trolled, but I tweeted at Kevin Goldberg. Kevin Goldberg. And it was like, no respects. We're just going to have to win the whole damn thing. Like, <laughs> tongue firmly in cheek. And now I'm kind of like, we might win this whole goddamn thing. <laughs> we are in the championship. 
<laughs> Thanks to our listeners who helped us get through the penultimate round, beating wine and crime. We are now up against the great granddaddy of all radio shows and podcasts, This American Life. It is the four of us mm-hmm. against Ira Glass. It's the four <laughs> of us against Sarah Koenig. It's the four of us against Ben Calhoun. It's the four of us against David Sedaris. It's you the met four ben of Calhoun us. Calhoun this week. I did against Sarah Vowell. It is the four of us against the great granddaddy of all podcasts slash radio shows. Uh, reactions. Kevin, what do you think of this development? Um, I think that they don't know anything about us or about this <laughs> contest. True, true. Um, but I think that our listeners will rally. And they'll go and vote. Probably true as well. It's been a fun ride. Laura, what do you think of, the, of us making the finals of the podcast Madness Bracket Challenge? I think that this means if we take it all, the next time you just happen to like bump into Sarah Koenig, she's yeah. no longer going to be like, oh, are you the one with the typewriter? Because <laughs> we will have come up in the world by that. I hope yeah. so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Our little podcast made in a basement in New Hampshire beat out This American Life, yeah. the greatest radio show in the history of the world. And we are the winners of the initial <laughs> inaugural podcast madness tournament put on by Discover Pods. We won the whole damn thing. I can't believe it. We just wanted to get out of the first round. Yeah, I know. So, like, let's just like uh, survey our fellow podcasters. Toby, thoughts? Uh, I think it's just uh, we got to up our game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're not if you're not moving forward, you're falling behind or something. Anyway. <laughs> Well, we are going to continue moving forward. Thanks so much for listening to our 200th episode of Crime Writers I th- On. I think this actually might be um, 203. <laughs> You're saying we're cheating? I, well, I mean, it was uh, it, it was the week thing where this, <laughs> it, it more or less fit better. I Listen, don't know, just go ahead. Keep reading. As the- far as we're concerned, it's our 200th episode of Crime Writers On. If you haven't already, check out the special cover art that Kevin's been working on for weeks for this episode. Here's hoping it shows up on your podcast player. But if it doesn't, there's plenty of other places you can check it out. You can check the show notes for a listing of who's who in our little band. Did we cover your favorite clip from the past 200 episodes? Let us know on Twitter and Instagram at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you to join the amazing community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. We also have a regular old Facebook page, by the way. Support the show on Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media, and you will get the Crime Writers on After Show, Married with Podcast, Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcast, and Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker Podcast. Our theme song was performed by the New York Sky Jazz Ensemble and used with permission. Additional music from the ubiquitous composers at Blue Dot Sessions. Our line editor for this special episode was Kevin Flynn. Our social media and newsletter maven is fellow Taco Bell stan Meredith Plunkett. And this show was recorded in a yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement, where Kevin is now required to wear pants at all times. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening to all of those episodes. We will catch you later. Later. Rebecca, we got a ton of emails. We did. Congratulating us on our 200th episode. I just want to read one. Uh, hello, hello. First, love the podcast. Been listening since the beginning. You have even mentioned me in your podcast. <gasps> I'm the girl 
that met a guy listening to the podcast in front of Office Depot. No. Remember that? Of course I remember that. Just an update. We aren't quite right for each other. Oh. Uh, But we meet for coffee every other week and have gone to a few concerts together. So you've given me hours of listening pleasure and a fun friend to hang out with. Sounds like the perfect for each other. That's as friends. That's not amazing. We brought people together. We're always bringing people together. Doing the Lord's work. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, Hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.